Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always is Andy Molitor, and it's Friday, and I'm excited because we're not going to talk about baseball. I like talking to Frank. <laughs> I like talking to Adam, but it's baseball. Instead, Mike's here to join us after his appearance on the Deep Dive to talk about some horses, something I really love. First off, Andy, how are you? How does it feel to be home, back in the studio? I slept like an angel last night <laughs> on my own my own bed, woke up in my own house, my own coffee maker. You're using your own coffee maker. It's obviously it's just a Keurig, which it's hard to screw that up, but your own coffee maker and your own shower. There's something to be said for those two things because you think you're awful smart until you try to figure out somebody else's shower. Like then it's like oh it's it's like lava or it's ice. Like I bet I might just take a bath. They might not label the knobs. Oh, it's it's awful. But no, it's great to be home. And yeah, like you said, uh, Mike on the deep dive. Uh, we talked at length about the Derby. We'll hit it a little quicker today on the Preakness, and we'll let him uh, spit some knowledge at us. But it was fun winning, and then uh, we found out we bet on a cheating, a little bit of a cheating horse. But you know what? I've won money on the Patriots too. I don't feel bad about that. So <laughs> it's you know it it is what it is. It's not going to affect the pools. It'll just affect the record books if they you know. And there's a lot of process to go through. And you know we don't want to talk about that. We're going to be a little more forward facing today, and just you know so me kind of casual horse better. I look at this, like the first things that stand out, obviously smaller field, 10 horse field at the distance. And then just the fact that there's different horses like that. And that's my main question. Like what makes some of these Derby horses not run in this one? And then the horses that are in this race that didn't run the Derby, why are they entered here? Besides just, I mean, is the easy answer just money? It's definitely part of it. I mean, we, we you get a lot of new shooters every year with the Preakness, uh, and, and that is exactly how what we're seeing again this time. I mean, it's it's interesting when you kind of go through this. Uh, 16 of the last 21 years, the Preakness winner was in the Derby, and that's because you had to qualify for the Derby via points. So you had to win previous races to be able to get points to get into the Derby. So generally, you have the best three-year-olds that are in that race. This race is just two weeks after the Preakness. Generally, horses have between three or four weeks between starts, so it's a really fast turnaround. So a lot of times you, you only see the top horses or the horses that finish the top two or three because it's just not as prestigious to win the Preakness. People want to win the Derby. You, you'd love to win the Preakness, but you're not going to force your horse to it when you have the Belmont coming up with a five-week break in between the, pre, the Derby and the Belmont. I, I mean, that does make sense. When we start, you know, in every horse episode I've ever done with anybody, they talk about, like, the, the layoff time. And I, that didn't even click with me. Like, yeah, it is a pretty quick turnaround. And, you know, you win the Derby. You don't really have a choice. You have to run. And some of these yep. favorites, too. And, and then, I mean, you get down to the odds, too. It's like, uh, you know, we overlooked a Baffert horse. Or people, the market maybe overlooked a Baffert horse. Now it's like, are we going the whole other direction? It's like the top two horses are Baffert horses. Do we got to go? Do we have to fade them now? Uh, so, I mean, Medina Spirit's interesting because we talked about this a lot on the deep dive, how the setup was perfect and, and it played out exactly kind of how we set it up. It was that A plus setup where you were inside speed, got to the rail first, was able to go around the shortest way around the track and all your main rivals got significantly worse trips. With 20 horses, you're swung three wide, four wide, five wide, you get pinched at the start, a bunch of things can happen. With Medina Spirit, you just go right to the front, you go around in a circle, and you get home. Uh, when you actually adjust it for feet traveled, Medina Spirit ran the fifth fastest time in the Derby. But because of the trip, he was able to win the Derby. And, and that's one of those keys. And, and we talked about the value at 12 to 1. Now you're staring at, at 9 to 5, 2 to 1. The value is gone. And Medina Spirit drew, the, drew well again in the Preakness. So probably we'll get that A-plus trip again. 
but you're not going to see D and F trips from the main competitors. There's only 10 horses in the field this time. It's a lot less likely someone's going to be stuck five wide on the first turn. It's a lot less likely you're going to see horses pinched at the start just simply because you have a smaller field. Is it fair to compare these odds to the Derby odds, though, because Mattress Mac isn't throwing around a couple million dollars this weekend? I, it, you definitely have another data point. I think that's a big part of it. Um, and so that's why you're going to see the money rolling on Medina's spirit. I mean, honestly, the Derby was probably the best race run by a three-year-old right now when you look at a buyer perspective in, in that sense. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of plus side there. But look, the pools are still going to be huge. You're going to have a pretty mature market in this sense. And I would expect that you're going to see Medina Spirit end up taking the most money, especially late. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But I don't think that it, directly comparing the two is, is relevant. But comparing the value of the two, I think, is extremely relevant. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Andy mentioned we've got some new horses here. Are there any big names that pop out to you? I mean, you know, obviously they don't have the same turnaround as Medina Spirit. As an NBA better, I love a fatigue fade. As a tennis better, I love a fatigue fade. Should we fatigue fade Medina Spirit here? Uh, I'm not going to use Medina Spirit on top at all. I, I think that this is a spot where you're getting, you're kind of, if you bet him, you're going to the funeral after attending the wedding, right? No reason to do that because I, I just, I don't like the value there. There's two new, or well, three new shooters really that are interesting to me. Concert Tour was Bob Baffert's horse leading up to the to the Arkansas Derby. That was that was the better of the Bafferts, the 10 horse. And Concert Tour is five to one right now on the odds board, five to two on the morning line. I would much rather take Concert Tour at that price than take Medina Spirit anywhere around two to one. Um, and I actually think Concert Tour is actually set up better for this race. You get a five to six week break after the Arkansas Derby coming into the Preakness. So like you said, that rest angle is nice there. And the pace is just going to set up really well for this horse. Uh, breaking from the 10 post, Concert Tour is going to have the option to either take on Medina Spirit right away and go to the lead or sit right outside of that horse and kind of sit the garden trip. So for me, I, I like the 10 horse Concert Tour uh, on, on top. And I think that's kind of where I'm going to build most of my bets around. So what? who else are you putting together then? I mean, I assume you're going to put together some exotics here. What are we layering on top of that? So I, I like the five, Midnight Bourbon as well. Uh, got an absolutely terrible trip in the Kentucky Derby. Pinched at the start, four wide, five wide, and the two turns. The horse likes to be forwardly placed and has consistent, in, in that last race, was just six or seven lengths back, was able to run up. And even with all that trouble, actually ran a faster adjusted time than Medina Spirit did uh, in the Derby. Ran the fourth fastest adjusted time. So I think Midnight Bourbon is a horse you really got to use. And then, you know, we talked about this on the deep dive pod. We talked about the the conference analogy, right? Where you had the Pac-12 and you had, you had the, that was the California horses. You had the Louisiana horses. Those horses that we talked about in those top two ran first, second, third, fifth, and sixth in the Derby. There's one new shooter coming in from California. That's Rombauer, the sixth horse. It's 12 to one on the morning line. I think that's the one you got to pay attention to if you're looking for more of a price because Rombauer has been running against some of those California horses. And last time out was his second start off the layoff. And he ran against essential quality, who ended up running fourth in the Derby, ran pretty well, but was a little closer to the pace than he necessarily wants to be. The key with Ron Bauer is this horse has been pointing for the Preakness the entire year. So this was the goal for Ron Bauer, whereas other horses were pointing toward the Derby and then ran in the Preakness. He was pointing toward the Preakness the entire time, which allows the trainer to really set the race up. That's right. And that's right. I just love that analogy, too. It's like <clears throat> it's like we had these conference schedules and then we had to you know, play some of those teams to against each other. It's like when, when you get to the playoff and, you know, Bama just blows somebody out from like the, you know, the big 12, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like we, we were, we were kind of high on the big 12, but now they had to play each other. It's like, e were they any good? And, you know, there was some questions about the California horses, whatever, if you want to make them the pack 12 and then yeah, like California ran first and third. 
It's like, you know, uh, did you, you know, you obviously have done that, but should people be making adjustments towards that? Is there a conference or, you know, a, a set of horses that we should be downgrading based off how they ran? And I know you, you can't just look at finishing results. You, you have to look at the trip. Like you said, this horse probably should have ran better, had a bad trip, just got pinched. Nothing you can do about some of that stuff, but like maybe the Florida horses or, you know, the Louisiana horses, or, you know, I can't, I can't even remember all the, all the regions that we were pulling all these because there's 20 damn horses at the time. But I mean, is there somebody you, you, you're, you're downgrading a little and maybe taking some of these horses and just scratching them off your exotics altogether? Uh, it's a great point. Great point, Andy. Yeah, I, I am completely throwing out New York horses. I have been for, for a while here. You had a couple of New York horses running the Derby, uh, Dynamic One and Bourbonic. They ended up running 13th and 18th. They're the horses that the two Chad Brown horses, crowded trade and risk-taking, were running against. And, and they did nothing in the Derby. Highly motivated was the other horse out of New York. who got a tougher trip, was probably the best horse out of there. Ended up running, I think it was like 10th in the Derby. You're consistently seeing these horses coming out of Aqueduct run poorly. And I expect that both Chad Brown horses, uh, the crowd trade and risk taking, are going to take money in the exotics, especially. And for me, they're complete chucks. I'm not going to use either of them in my triple or my superfecta. If they win, I lose. And I'm totally fine with that based on how New York horses have fared uh, kind of when they faced other regions here. So, so maybe then talk a little bit more. How do you compare? I mean, so why do you fade New York versus favor California? Is it just there are better horses in California versus New York? Is it the conditions? You know, how do you start to start to peel that onion? I, I mean, generally, it's it's interesting because year, year in and year out, it changes where the best horses go. A lot of these horses are bought at auction and then given to specific trainers, and some crops turn out better in different areas. Um, what you really do is you look at, okay, how did they fare in the Breeders' Cup? Um, let's look at that first because that's the first time you get to see these horses cross regions and face each other. And then you look at horses that kind of go from one area to another and see how they fare. And, you know, when you had New York, horse, when you had, uh, New York horses go into the Derby, they, they did very poorly. And you watch those races – I mean, you had one one by a the, the two preps were one by a 24 to one and a 72 to one. So you had races that just kind of completely fell apart. The quality horses didn't run very well. And so when you have situations like that and you don't like the winners, it kind of forces you to throw the horses out behind as well. And it was nice to be validated in the Derby and see those New York horses run poorly. Um, and then you have the situations. And this is what really got me high in California. Hot Rod Charlie ran second in the Louisiana, in the uh, Breeders' Cup uh, Futurity or Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year then goes in California, runs against the California horses, decides to leave to go to Louisiana, which I thought was the second best circuit, and ends up wiring the field and winning there. So that really validates that California group because that's a horse that moved around in the preps and was be able to beat a good group of horses. And you saw Mandaloon run second. You saw um, uh, Midnight Bourbon run fifth, uh, or, or Bezos run fifth, Midnight Bourbon run sixth. Those were all the Louisiana horses that, that uh, Hot Rod Charlie beat. So that all, I think kind of flatters that California group. And that's how I get to that six Rombauer. That makes me wonder about the other races. And, you know, I bet on these races because, uh, you know, I have a crippling gambling problem, but the, <laughs> you know, just uh, the, the, all the other races, yeah. All the other races on let's just Derby day or even Oaks day. Like, uh, I guess I didn't pay attention as much as I should have, but like, uh, are those horses traveling in for all the other races that are not the Derby at you know at Churchill that weekend, are they all coming in from everywhere else too? You know, yep. I mean, and is is that helping you to evaluate these New York horses, Louisiana horses, Florida horses, California horses too? And I mean, did you see some signal in the you know the lead up races, whether it was Oaks or or Derby Day? So it's it's interesting. You kind of, and this is where it gets really nuanced in horse racing. 
you have to take every different age category and style of horse yeah. and, and you have to separate them. So you can't say, well, because three-year-olds on the dirt going two turns are best from California, that means that turf sprinters are the best from California, right? These are completely different levels and classes. And so you have to be able to look at, okay, who's in what level, who's in what class and where are they performing well? I do think it's smart to try and kind of divide the country up at every level, but you have to then take a step back and realize that each one has a different power ranking of which conference is well doing well at, you know, true turn turf races and which conference is doing well at dirt sprint races. Because if you get caught up and just say, I'm all California, you're going to lose two turn turf races. That's much better in New York. Um, and it, so you have to kind of follow these angles and you got to figure out where to, where to, you know, pivot when the, when the general public is just kind of staying in their lane. And all these horses are coming in. That means they must be running some today. We know the Derby, there's big buildups on Friday. And you guys told me there is something today, some sort of flower race or something, a black eyed Susan. We got the black eyed Susan. It's the 13th race at Pimlico today. Uh, it is essentially the, the, Preakness for the, the three-year-old Philly division. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty good race. Bob Baffert has a favorite in the 10 horse on the outside, a horse named uh, Beautiful Gift. This horse is coming in from California. I don't think the California females are as good as the California males. So I, I think this is a horse that you can try and beat. You've got a nine to five morning line. Uh, horse doesn't really love passing horses, which is generally a problem in horse racing. Um, you usually want to be able to pass someone if you're going to win the race. There's a lone speed in here. I, I see the six-horse ice latte. It's the most dangerous thing. It's what we talked about with Medina Spirit, that A++ trip, the lone speed, the six-horse ice latte sitting on the board right now at, uh, I believe it's six to one or eight to one morning line, comes out of the Todd Pletcher barn. You get Luis Saez up. This horse is just kind of improving every single start. I think it's going to take another step forward here. And if we get a, a loose leader, I think Saez can get this horse to go gate to wire. Is there a, is there a double? Is there a Susan? <laughs> is there a Preakness Susan double? Do they offer that? Of course. You know, I'm a, you yeah, know, I'm a, you know, I'm a big Susan Oaks yeah. double. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a big Derby Oaks double guy. So I'll probably get in on that. So, all right. But I mean, a lot of good stuff. I'm excited for the Preakness. I mean, just absolutely put you on the spot. We've got, you know, Johnny, Danny, Johnny D. Jen really wants to bet the Preakness. Doesn't like if, if he's taking his 20 bucks to win. Right now on the morning lines, where, where, where would he put it just for, for value? I think the best value is Contour right now. I'm, I'm okay. picking Contour on top I'm of the weakness. If, if you want to have, like, if you want, I'll just throw out some bets for you because I know that's what you guys do, right? We just throw out oh, some yeah. bets on the show. All right, so let's play, a, let's play a Black Eyed Susan Preakness double. We'll go six Ice Latte with five Midnight Bourbon and ten Contour. Um, let's play a daily double in the 12th race at Pimlico. So that's the, the race before the Preakness, which will also be nationally televised. Don't worry. You can catch that one easy. Uh, we're going to go with a two English B, who's eight to one in that spot. Uh, it's going to be a closer, but I, I think you're going to have a nice pace set up. We'll play two with 510. So with Midnight Bourbon and Concert Tour again. Um, and then let's let's play a little spicy try. So let's play a $1 try in the Preakness. Let's go five Midnight Bourbon with the 10 Concert Tour. And then we're going to put the five Midnight Bourbon, the six Rombauer, the seven, I'm going to get this right on this show because I messed it up on another one. <laughs> France, go to Ina, who's coming in from Japan, 21 morning line, and the 10 uh, concert tour underneath. So it'll be 510 with 56710 with 56710. It'll cost you 24 bucks for a dollar. 
I'm gonna have to. I'm absolutely gonna have to rewind this and watch this. Yeah, I, I will. I'll try. To, I'll try to put something together. Somebody can. Somebody tweet this. No. Well, well, well I'll. I will get a graphic up. Of, I'll drop you a DM the, for that afterwards. Yeah, in in the perfect. In the perfect parlance for just how you write it. So yeah, no, I'm excited about this. And yeah, again, if you want to catch uh, Mike's other stuff, I mean, tell tell everybody where you can find your stuff about the podcast, the show, the Soma bombs, everything you got. Yeah, for sure, man. So, okay, I'm, I'm over at racingdudes.com. Uh, we got a podcast every Monday and Thursday. Every Thursday, we get our free pick four. It's called The Magic Mike Show. I co-host that with uh, Curtis Kelloward. You can follow him at Curtis Kelloward. Follow the Racing Dudes at Racing underscore Dudes. Uh, we got free picks for every track, every day, every race in the U.S. You can check that out on the website if you ever want. Just want to DGen and start betting five bucks to win. We got you. Uh, I got a product called the Sama Bombs. It's my pick fours and pick fives every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from some track. There's premium picks. So if you want the top four in every race, it's 20 bucks for a day for every track, every race, every day. So we got you covered there as well. Um, and that Thursday show is a great one. If you're just trying to get into horse racing, we literally pick a sequence. We go over a pick four and give you a pick four ticket at the end of the show. Uh, we just did one yesterday for the Preakness pick four. So if you want to play a pick four in the Preakness, go check out the Magic Mike show from yesterday. That was, yeah, that was going to be my question. If somebody listened to yesterday's podcast, I'm, I'm guessing it was pretty Preakness heavy. So, yeah, if you want to get a ton more talk about the Preakness, a little, like, how long is that show? Uh, it's about an hour. We, yeah. we, we deep dive into those races. Yeah, because yeah, you had a, yeah a, full, a full dig into the Preakness with Mike. If you want that, check out the, the Magic Mike show he did yesterday. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you guys very much for having me. Love the show. Uh, I, I like throwing some DJM bits in myself. I got a little golf and tennis this weekend because of yesterday's show, so let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can thanks, check Mike. him out. At SomoBomb18 on Twitter, and thanks a lot. You have a good weekend. Good luck with all your horse pets. Thanks, guys. Take care. See ya. All right. That was Mike. Who, yeah, he's, he's just he's on the streak. He gave us a winner for the Derby. And uh, I, yeah, I'm gonna have to, like I said, I'm gonna have, I'm sitting here. I don't know if anybody's watching me. I'm sitting there like taking notes. And uh, I'm, I'm I got his do bets it. down. I'll I'll uh, DM it to you, but I think I got it. I think. It Once was. we get to the trifecta, I started making a mess. I, I started too far into the middle of the paper and I ran out of room, but he he for sure will uh he for sure will DM me with the actual trifecta bet. So I'll tweet that out on the brown bag bets uh on the brown bag bets account. We'll get that. Yeah, I didn't try to write that. I'm just gonna box them all. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I think yeah, it was like a keyed try. Like he had a couple horses at the top, and then he had a bunch on the under. So we will uh, we'll get that tra- tweeted out for you. And little light on. I'm glad he gave out some picks because we're a little light today. If you want to mention your NBA, what do you got for the NBA today? Nothing. Don't bet the NBA today. It's a mess. <laughs> the season we have got two games left for every team. Tonight is just uh, literally, it's a veritable disaster. There, you look at these teams, anyone that might be playing for anything is resting everyone. You know, you scroll down and you look at stuff like, oh, the Golden State Warriors are playing the New Orleans Pelicans. Hold on a second. Let me just double check what that line is. It was two this morning. Wouldn't that sound nice? Yeah, it's still, it's Golden State minus two. I would love to bet Golden State. Everyone's questionable. Same thing for New Orleans. Zion's out. Ingram's questionable. So to be perfectly honest, I'm probably shutting it down here for the next couple of days. It's so hard to pin down what any of these teams are doing. And really, you know, what you're looking at is who has anything left to play. And as you go through the standings, it's tough. There's not too many teams with much left to play for. The Sixers should lock up the number one seed either tonight or in two nights. Um, they've got two games against the Orlando Magic. They have to win one of them. 
The Nets look like they're pretty solidly in the two. The Bucks are in the three. We still have the Heat, the Hawks, and the Knicks battling out for four, five, and six there. We'll see how that goes. Those are teams that probably should be locked in this week, but everyone else in the Eastern Conference is, is pretty much done at this point. Washington, I think, still has to win one game. You look down through the West, Phoenix, I think, can still catch Utah for the one seed, but that's unlikely. Everyone else is pretty much settled in. You've got Dallas and Portland fighting for the five and six, but the plan's pretty much settled here. Um, you know, Sacramento was eliminated despite that tweet yesterday before the game was over. Um, that was pretty sad. For those of you that didn't see it, they thanked the Knicks yeah. before uh, they themselves didn't actually get the win that they needed. So things are pretty much locked in. There's going to be a ton of rest. Do something else. Go outside, spend some time with your significant others, read a book or something. We'll get back to the NBA on Monday or Tuesday. I think the playing games are Tuesday, so we should have lines on Monday. So have a nice weekend off. Um, how about tennis? What did you bet in tennis today? <laughs> they just keep Nothing, because it's all the same yeah. stuff we talked about yesterday. It's pouring rain in Rome. Um, it started raining about four games into the Barty golf match, which we should have the over already. If you don't, I think you can still probably find a live 21 or something like that. Um, but none of that stuff is going to resume until tomorrow. It's going to be pouring rain in Rome all day. So I got nothing. It's all the same. Just sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Good thing yeah, we had Mike been, on. It's <laughs> been a ton of just the, like, I have flash score on. I don't, I haven't had a chance to watch any tennis this morning. And it's just been a ton of resumed, interrupted, resumed, interrupted. I'm not sure what they're doing down there. Like, just, just call it. I, I think, I think they're done. Like, just call it for the day. We don't need any of that. Just, I think tennis is done. We'll resume tomorrow. I did bet some golf, and again, uh, a lot of afternoon stuff. I will, uh, I'll share my screen here, get a quick uh, look at that. I tweeted them out this morning, but uh, I did play some daily stuff. I went two and one yesterday. My morning won one, and then one of the afternoon ones ended up winning. Uh, HV3, not HV3, but Charles Howell the third really played well, killed my stuff. So today I'm on, and I, I don't have a ton of time to explain all these. If you have any qu- questions, DM me. But Han over Rogers, uh, Sergio over Kepka. I think Kepka legitimately like, might be injured. I was going to fade him with anybody I liked if they matched him up. Uh, Champ over Leishman, Leishman as a bit of a dog I liked. And then, again, a more of a, another Ortiz fade with uh, somebody who I don't rate that highly, but at this number, Piercy over Ortiz is a play. So I'm down for that. And then I did throw this together real quick. This is it. He, he it, yeah. He, yeah, he DM'd me and I put it on uh, I put it on a chart so you can if you need to pause the video, go on YouTube, pause it, and if you pause it, you have to give it a thumbs up because you are getting something out of this. But yeah, the black well, the pause button doesn't pretty, work unless you hit thumbs up. You have to hit thumbs does, up it, and you hit pause, yeah, and then it'll work. Otherwise, it won't that's, work. That's what affects this. So the black eyed Susan Preakness double Mike gave out was the six in the black eyed Susan today. So that's a bet you need to put in today. Paired with the five and ten tomorrow, so that's you know, uh, two, you know, it's two separate bets, but you can mash that together. The daily double for race twelve tomorrow, that is the race before the Preakness. He's keying the two in that race with the five ten in the Preakness, and then the Preakness trifecta. He went with five ten on top, and then five six seven ten. Five, six, seven, ten underneath in the place and show. Like you said, that's twenty-four bets. So if you bet a dollar, it's a twenty-four dollar bet on the on the trifecta. So have some fun with those. Um, 
Again, if you're in the YouTube chat, give us a thumbs up. If you're listening in the podcast, I'm sorry if that was confusing, but go pop on YouTube if you want to bet horses because I just put a graphic up that's going to make it a little easier for you. I'll probably tweet that out as well just for ease of use. And, uh, yeah, if you're listening on a podcast, do rate, subscribe, retweet, thank, uh, thumbs up, like, and all that jazz. And hopefully your weekend's a ton of fun. Yeah. And you win. That's right. Go horsies. Aaron Nola pitches tomorrow. Aaron Nola first five tomorrow. Aaron Nola first five. Take it easy on the NBA. We'll be back heavy for the NBA playoffs. We'll probably do some NHL playoff stuff next week. I think the return to baseball Friday. I'm sure. I think we might just do five guest week, whatever. We've got a a really good golf tournament. We've got playoffs starting in two leagues. We've got baseball Friday. So it might just be us taking it easy and making the guests do the work. We'll see you then. Thank mm-hmm. you.